With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blanket double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, it's so great to be talking to you. It's like a sports-free weekend, mm-hmm. international games aside. But just sitting here in front of you to do this pod, I am reminded that FPL is coming back. And what is it that they say? Um, distance makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> yeah, absence. Yeah, absence. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I felt that uh, having a week off was was really good too. I mean, I, I honestly didn't really uh, wasn't until today that I kind of got myself ready for the for the stretch run a little bit. And I, I think like a lot of people, I had been a lot of my strategy had been had been built with game week 29 in mind, you know, because it was this kind of weird game week where, you know, only eight teams played very tricky, very difficult to plan for. Uh, and then uh, from there, I'm like, OK, I'm going to deal with game week 30 when I have to, you know, and everything yeah. from from then on when I have to. Uh, I mean, of course, we, you know, I, I had an idea of, of what was coming, <laughs> uh, but, you know, but it was it just I hadn't really like, like properly thought it through. And and I, I think a lot of people felt the same way. Um, yeah. So the theme of this week's podcast is nine questions for the final nine weeks of the FPL season. We are we are you know, a quarter of the season to go. Still plenty of time, yeah. but maybe not that much time. You know, I don't know if that's, that's, that feels very contradictory. There's, there, there's nine weeks, which is a lot. If you're doing NFL fantasy, that would be like two thirds of the season, <laughs> but, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and 
fantasy and then you know in the premier league uh nine weeks is not very much uh you know we're gonna have teams that'll have won there um i mean man, man city may clinch in like four weeks right yeah, yeah right and there's something about the the home stretch the run-in that does make it feel like it's going faster the fact that there are no more breaks this is the last international break of the season i think we have at least one round of midweek matches yeah, that are so. going to happen. Yeah. We've got a couple of double game weeks coming up that we have to touch upon later in this episode. So the action is going to come again fast and furious. And um, yeah, I think it's time to just focus on all the opportunities that are, are ahead. And just looking at my bus team, the team I have set up already for game week 30, it feels like really good news. Like players like Son or Bamford or even Grealish, it looks like they're ripe to recover from their injuries as we come into game week 30. I think we still mm-hmm. need a little bit more news on on Son. But yeah. all these matchups, I think, for lots of popular fantasy picks are fantastic. You've got Manchester United hosting Brighton. Leeds go uh, host Sheffield United. Villa with against Fulham. So there's lots of points on the table right now. So yeah. I'm hoping for a big blockbuster week to get us restarted. Totally. Spurs at Newcastle and Harry Kane scored today for England. So, you know, lots of uh you didn't say that one, did you? I don't think you did. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I right. saved that one for you. You know, <laughs> okay. you nice, nice little was, cherry pick. I was like, I don't think it. he said that. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, tons of great fixtures. It's kind of interesting because I, and we're going to talk, I mean, one of the nine questions is, is, you know, if you still have a wild card, when to play it. And, you know, I think there's an argument for, for wild card in a game week 30, because there are so many good fixtures, but uh, much like you, I mean, I look at my team right now and I'm like, I like, I'm not, I wouldn't even need to burn a transfer necessarily. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I mean the, the, I, I may end up doing it. Uh, one of the reasons why is if, if I, if I do wildcard in game week 31, um, then you might as well, right? Like if, if you planned a wildcard in 31, then this is a little bit like a, like a free roll transfer where you can yeah. kind of just go for a, a real, uh, a home run swing, you know, as it were, and just, and just kind of see who you can bring in. Who might right, right, in. right. Well, let's not beat around the bush. Let's do a little plug for our Patreon as we want to do, and then we can get into these nine questions. So okay. if you want to thank me and Josh for what we do for free every week here on Always Cheating, give us a visit at patreon.com slash always cheating. It's a cool way to contribute, say thank you, and get some FPL content in return. Big thanks to new Patreon supporters this week at the Lord Sorloth tier. We're welcoming Adam. And Adam, he is getting, for uh, the price of his his admission, an extra Always Cheating podcast every week. Supporters also get a Week in Review newsletter, courtesy of our friends at Mini League Mate, full of stats uh, at the start and at the end of every game week. And at the higher tiers, get swag like our Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt. And Josh, we are trying to recenter here. And make sure that we are indeed for the home stretch making fantasy fun. We are that we we are. That's exactly right. I think recentering is a perfect way to think about our approach to the season. Uh, our our the the theme of this week's episode. Uh, and and just a, a quick note on on Adam and thank you to Adam Brandon because I, I like to have at least one new patron each week. You know, as the season wears on, the uh, the new patrons start to slow down a little bit. And yeah. uh, just I I want to I want to note two things. Uh, one is that. Uh, getting new patrons cheer us up. So if you want to cheer us up, become a transporter. <laughs> yeah. And two, just a note that um, at least one month this summer will be completely free for all Patreon supporters. If we're not recording podcasts in that month, we will not be charging any patrons. So if you think to yourself, oh, I don't know if I want to be one Patreon supporter because you know the summer is about to kick off, just note that 
when there's no matches, when there's no podcast, we will not be uh, charging our Patreon supporters. So just a, a quick note on that front. But yeah, like you said, Brennan, this is a this is a hardcore episode. This is a rare <laughs> for us. We normally we uh, you know we screw around uh, almost the entire episode, but this time around we're it's never try too to, late. You want to screw around for a little bit, Josh? We could, we could. Maybe we, we, we will. Yes, we answer the questions. I'm sure. Um, but I think uh, uh, this you know this is a good time to to reset. I feel like. I was just, as I was thinking about what we should talk about on this week's podcast, I was like, I would want someone to just tell me how I should prepare for the stretch run of this season. And so that was the uh, idea for this podcast. Nine questions. If you, you know, by answering these, I think we will get you prepared for the final quarter of the season. Um, lots of big questions. When you, when to, when to wildcard, when to play triple captain, what's happened with the double game weeks. Um, and then just some, some basic strategy questions as well too. So Without any further ado, let's take a break and we'll get back and get right into the nine questions. All right, Brian, we're back. Nine questions for the final nine weeks of the FPL season. First question, which team has the most difficult run-in to the season and which yeah. team has the easiest run-in? For the time being, let's kind of table the double game week and and blank question. Okay. Th- those are factors, but I but there's a, you know, that's not the doubles and the blanks are not going to be a dominant theme. The final nine weeks of the season. Uh, we'll talk about the doubles in just a second here, but it's not going to be, I, I don't think it's really going to be where your season is won and lost down the yeah, stretch here. Right. So, and I think there, the, when you think about easiest and hardest, um, some, some names sort of come to the top that, that maybe haven't really been part of our thinking, you know, a team like, like wolves, for example, who we really have ignored for 20 weeks, uh-huh. um, is a team you have at least to think about for some of these runs down the stretch. So, so Brennan, just, you know, looking at the next nine weeks, uh, are there, are there any, you know, teams that really stand out to you easiest or hardest? On the easiest front, the one that is actually uh, kind of blowing my mind right now is Liverpool actually have an incredible run. And just look at the last four weeks of the season for them. It's Southampton, West Brom, Burnley and Crystal Palace. Now, maybe that's just four uh, clean sheet locks for them. But I think what Liverpool's run in is going to challenge us with is how how. how much do we consider Mo Salah? Because we've finally come to a point in the season where we've all managed to get Salah out of our teams. Yep. And it's going to take a lot. For, for, for those of you who still have him, there's now there's a lot of uh, cases to be made to keep him now. But for yeah, those of, uh, who have gotten rid of him, yeah. it's going to take a lot of convincing for us to to spend the money to get Salah back yeah. in our teams. But it's if you look like at Liverpool's also, fixtures, what do yeah, you think? Is, is there a case there? It's so funny. It's like it, there really is something weird about like once you finally transfer that player out, it's like you're thinking about him totally changes, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm with you. I would need him to like get like back-to-back hat tricks for me. <laughs> for yeah. me like strong to consider bringing it back at this point. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. It's yeah, – yeah, I mean, I, I think we can safely ignore them for – at least two weeks. I think that Arsenal away, it's not a terrible fixture, but it's not great. It's yeah. not like, you know, waste of transfer bringing in one of those players. Villa at home, it's okay. But, I mean, Villa are pretty strong defensively. They're not a team I would expect to concede like three goals, right? Yeah. Then so then you have Leeds away in game like 32. And by then, we're probably into play your wild card yeah. territory. Exactly my thinking. And, uh, you know, we'll have a little bit of wild, wild card talk in, in a couple questions from now. But I think that is... Game week 32 is going to be for me where that that real sea change yeah. happens for how yeah. I'm thinking about my current squad versus the final squad that I have. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, as far as, you know, Sala, I mean, Sonia Mane, I guess he's just done. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it does feel like Jota is the easy answer here. Yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. So uh, Jota is for those who just want to put all of their eggs in the Kevin De Bruyne basket, all assuming we, we, st- we, we hold on to Bruno for the rest of the season. Right. So, yeah, Liverpool, easy. Uh Bad fixture. I, well, Man City also have a pretty good run in just by virtue of them being Man City. Right. But they have a, a blank in game week 33, plus the fact that they will, as you were saying earlier, Josh, probably have the title wrapped in four, four or five weeks. Yep. Focus on the Champions League. An easy run in for City maybe doesn't do fantasy managers any favors. So <laughs> yeah. then, you know. Uh, this gives Kevin De Bruyne suddenly a problem yep. that we'd be bringing into our team. Maybe just totally. stick with Gunduan. And there's a question about about we actually started to answer it. So we're going to make this a double question, right? We're going to answer two of these nine right at the top because we're kind of you kind of have to talk about them at the same time. I think here, uh, and and that's from uh, Gabe Castellanos. He says, "What to do with Liverpool and City assets?" Yeah, City, right. we're wrapping up the title, and Liverpool are still so bad. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the thing about city is I, I feel like it's a real, like, what are you going to do situation <laughs> where it's like, like, what are you going to do? Not have three man city players and they play leads at home in game week 31. Yeah. Like good luck, you know, like, and yeah, it's like good luck getting the right, the right three players, like the ones who will actually start. But, but what are you going to do? Like not try, like not try to have the, you know, these players, these pictures. Yeah. I, I just think it's, I think the, the shift for me with, with, with Man City is, um, would be going, would be dropping one defender, you know, from, which I already did. Um, I, I dropped Cancelo for, um, well, I don't know if you're, if you're, if you're generous, you could say I dropped him for Veltman. Uh, <laughs> if you're, if you're being less generous, I dropped him for Cresswell. So yeah. I don't know. It depends on how you want to, yeah. how you want to look at that. Um, Cresswell got me, you know, zero, but, um, yeah, I think that, um, I, I think about De Bruyne now, De Bruyne, Gundogan and Diaz, I guess yeah. that's kind of like the template three, but definitely, makes sense. definitely. So, okay. Liverpool and city, that's its own discussion, but just one more easy team that I want to talk about that I think is interesting and we haven't considered, but they are kind of in the ascendancy a little yep. bit. Yeah, is Arsenal. Yeah, they have Liverpool in game week 30. But after that, it's Sheffield United, Fulham, Everton. Yeah. Newcastle, West Brom, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Brighton. Yeah. There are easily hmm. six fixtures in there where yeah. you could see Lacazette doing well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Smith Rowe and Saka. Saka, who should be fit coming out of the break, also yeah. coming into contention. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I guess it was because that the game week 29 led right into the international break that there wasn't a lot of like fantasy wise, at least there wasn't a lot of like match analysis, but that, Mm -hmm. that Arsenal West Ham game was truly strange. You know, it was like a, it was a strange match. I mean, West Ham were so dominant the first 40 minutes and you know, whether there's a Europa league hangover or bad tactics or what. And then, you know, Arsenal were incredible. I mean, they really were the dominant team last 15 minutes of that match. And, and Lacazette sort of, in my eyes, emerged as a real fantasy yeah. target, you know, yeah. whereas previously I wasn't really thinking about him at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to consider him, even though he has a bit of a reputation in the fantasy world of kind of yeah. being a, a, a flake and unreliable. Yeah. But often I feel like that reputation comes from him often getting rotated. And right. it seems like Aubameyang is definitely the odd man out with yeah. Arteta right now. And they look at their best when, 
Arteta is playing Lacazette through the middle. So yeah. I think he will have a few moments here in the run-in. It's interesting. Yeah, and I didn't realize he was on 11 goals in the season, uh, which is one more than he scored the previous season. Uh, he's only three away from uh, his his record um, of, of goals in a, in a season for Arsenal. He had 14 goals and five assists uh, in the 17-18 season. So, I mean, he's actually having kind of a sneaky good season. And I think one, two, three, four, five... So eight of his 11 goals have come since game week 15. So I I think that maybe it just kind of snuck up on us because the first, you know, half of the season, basically he was, he was not really a viable asset at all. And so I I think this happens sometimes uh, where you kind of, you know, there's a question coming up about like uh, approaching things with a clean slate. And I, I think that, Lacazette might be one of those clean slate players where I just have to evaluate him based on his the last few weeks and not kind of how I think about Lacazette or how I think about how his season's going. I just need to be a little more objective about it. And so I think Lacazette is an option. I mean, defensively, I feel like I'm still, I don't really have like a good bead on the yeah. Arsenal defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tyranny. Tierney just feels like a little too premium for what you're going to get out of the Arsenal defense right now being unreliable. And there's so many other great defenders to pick from that Arsenal feels like just like the ultimate uh, team to kind of help you rise up your mini league a few ranks with just just one solid pick. Maybe it is Lacazette. Maybe it is one of their mid price mids. I don't I think (laughs) maybe you only need one Arsenal uh, asset, but just looking at those fixtures, we got to talk about them now. Totally. How do you talk about teams who had the most difficult run in without just talking about all the garbage premier league teams that we just wouldn't want to have anything to do with regardless. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you look at the bottom here, it's yeah. I mean, I, I I think bright, well, okay. So did, did Brighton's nice, solid performance, um, at home to Newcastle, did that change your opinion on them at all? Well, it changed my opinion on them in that Brighton are no longer relegation candidates. It's now just a two-team race between Newcastle and Fulham. It's going to be one of those two teams that that joins West Brom and Sheffield going down. Does it make me want to invest in Brighton? No, not necessarily. (laughs) I think that they were probably G'd up because Graham Potter knew this was their window of opportunity to save their club uh, from relegation, and they did. So they're probably good. Does suddenly Trossard become some sort of stellar fantasy prospect? 100% no. If you have Veltman, if you have like I have, you have Veltman, I have Sanchez as my backup goalkeeper. I feel good about that. I feel fine, but I wouldn't expect to play them very much. Game week 34, Brighton House leads. Maybe you bring in Trossard for a, for a one-week punt then. Yeah. That seems like the kind of match where Trossard's going to get like 18 points. Like, right. I, I, let's save this clip, Brandon, and we'll replay <laughs> it when he scores 18 in, yeah. in game week 34. So you can't really talk about easy and hard without talking about any double game weeks that may still come. And so it's kind of interesting because if you look at the chart ahead, you see you see some blanks for some of these squads. You see uh, Man, City, uh, Man City and Fulham, for example, have blanks in 33. So mm-hmm. something you have to keep in mind. Uh, but the situation with them is they're actually, they played those matches already. They've actually already, Man City and Fulham are one match ahead of of everyone else in the Premier League. Um, so they won't need to make up those fixtures. Um, it's kind of interesting. I, somehow I didn't realize it. It was so chaotic with all of the <laughs> double game weeks and the reschedulings. But yeah. um, as I was looking into this, um, you, you, all you have to do is actually look at the table. Uh, and you can see they, they, have, they both have one extra match um, already played. So... Um, 
It does leave four teams, however, who still have double game weeks to make up. Uh, and those teams are Southampton and Spurs, and they, they have a match they've not played yet. Um, another one that was weird because they were actually scheduled to play in 29, and then that got moved uh, because of Southampton's FA Cup. And then because Spurs had a match they needed to make up anyway, they just dropped that into game week 29. So, um, yeah, if this is your first time playing fantasy, it is not usually this insane. OK, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and then the other one is is Aston Villa Everton. Now, there is some talk. So the, this is question number two, by the way. It's what if any double gaming are still to come there? Apparently. So we, we there's a chance that that the Aston that the excuse me, that the um, Tottenham Spurs match, um, the Tottenham Hotspurs match, the Tottenham, Tottenham Southampton match. I don't know why when I start talking about double gaming, because my head gets like, like it's like, natural, it's, Josh. Yeah, Just go like with it. Pressure in my skull. Um, so the the Spurs Southampton match, it could fall into game week thirty two, in that in which case it would be a double, or it could fall into game week thirty three. And if it falls into game week thirty three, then there would be no double for for Spurs and Southampton. So we will hopefully know. <laughs> before i i guess well i mean we'll certainly know um whether they've doubled in game week if, you know by the time game week 31 rolls around we may know by this by this friday or saturday uh what's happening with that match um it can also happen later on in the season um we could also get some crazy some double game week craziness if um you know this plan that's in place right now to take all of the uh all, all you know basically make sure that everyone uh gets a chance to see their team in the you know, in the stadium once. Uh-huh. Right. And so thir- game weeks, 37, 38 may have fans in the stands. They may rearrange the schedule to allow for that. If that happens, there are some matches that like, I think we could end up having like a, a big double game week. And I think it's like in 36 or something like that. Okay. It's kind of crazy because 37 is scheduled to be a midweek. So it's like everything has to get shifted around uh-huh. if that's going to happen. Let me let me just double check that. It's either thirty six or thirty seven. Um, I don't know if anyone's like 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 writing all this down. No, no. So yeah, so thirty six is the one that was scheduled to be midweek. So there's actually not a ton of room to yeah. to move things around if they if they need to. So it's all happening so fast, Josh. Yeah. So the one the one that I'm pretty sure will actually happen a double game week that will actually happen is the Everton Aston Villa match. I don't see where you would be able to fit that match in without them playing a double at some point. So hopefully at some point, you know, before the season's over, we will know when yeah. Everton and Villa play. <laughs> and what's extra interesting about that. And I really, I know I've been talking a lot, so I will stop in a second here, but what's also interesting about the Everton Villa matches, they haven't had actually played each other yet this season. So in the final nine weeks of the season, Everton and Villa will play each other twice. It's just kind of a funny random thing. Fascinating. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I see that Aston Villa Everton matches. It's going to be a great match, but I don't think it's going to be one that a, a lot of FPL managers are going to want to buy into because that's yeah. going to be a, a probably a pretty hard fought match. I think if you're a Martinez owner, yeah, maybe. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about mid price mids in a moment, and I think Grealish will come into our thoughts. But that's not going to be one where you're going to be playing a chip just to yeah. just to get involved. The one and and. The most interesting thing you were talking about for me, Josh, was if Spurs Southampton gets slotted into that game week 33 blank, I think for a lot of people out there who still have their triple captain seed chip, 
Harry Kane on a double game week would be by far your best opportunity to play triple captain in the run-in. So that is really, I think, the main double game week announcement that you want to be looking at, especially if you have that triple cap chip. Yeah, and if that falls into game week 33, and and we can just, um, we're just like, you know, we're just going to pull all these questions because it's hard not to talk about. It's like it's a whole we're taking a holistic approach, Brendan. The running sure. here, the structure it's, of your running yeah. order is completely destroyed at I this did, point. I, I respect did, that, Jack. I did my best. Uh, so the question from Chin Nation about uh, who are the best remaining triple? That's Brian Chin. Who are the best remaining triple captain options? Um, yeah, so I agree. I and mean, if Kane, uh, you know, doubles in thirty-two, then that is certainly when I'm going to be playing my triple captainship. If it falls into thirty-three, then I think we'll have an interesting decision to make. I mean, you could take the risk and captain a man city player at home to Leeds in 31. Uh, I think that depending on when the Villa Everton match gets rescheduled, I think that you could consider someone like Jack Grealish or Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, it just kind of depends on who they play in the other match, right? Yeah. Like, like Villa still play West Brom at home, right. And gaming 33. So if you were, you know, if it was like West Brom and Everton, then okay, sure. Like that might be, you know, worthy. If it's like, you know, it's man city and Everton, then that's clearly not worth a triple captain chip. So I think there's in, in, you know, and then how Grealish looks, I think too, will be a big factor. I I would not be captaining. Maybe I captain Martinez. I don't know. I consider it, but (laughs) I would not, I I certainly wouldn't captain Ollie Watkins. Can you imagine anything more miserable than having (laughs) triple captain Ollie Watkins? No. Yeah. The, the the triple cap is, is tricky because you just think about the impulses to play it on a a premium asset. One that's strictly because of their reliability. Yeah. Bruno Fernandez, Manchester United don't have a terrible run in, but it's kind of like a flat one. Brighton Spurs, Burnley Leeds, Liverpool Villa, Leicester, Fulham Wolves. Fulham Wolves in the last two weeks for Manchester United might feel good. But Fulham are probably going to be in a must-win situation in game week 37. I would not want to bet um, big on goals being scored against them in that week. So Bruno is not super appealing uh, in the next nine game weeks for triple cap. Then what are you left with? You're left with Kevin De Bruyne and... And God forbid, Mo Salah. So <laughs> yep, I think yep. Salah is definitely, he's just going to keep popping up in my mind as one yeah. to watch. Liverpool's form, totally. Salah's form, because, man, they do have the fixtures in yeah. those, especially those last four game weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with them in the Champions League, right? If they get knocked out of the Champions League and they basically have nothing to play for on the stretch. I actually think that could help them in yeah. some ways. Like they're, you know, I, I don't think Klopp is going to go. I really don't want him to. I love Jurgen Klopp. Like, <laughs> they, like if they just bring in some Carlo Ancelotti type, like that's just not going to be fun. You yeah. know, it's yeah. Or some Thomas Tuchel, like some like, you know, thin, <laughs> like sort of, you know, <laughs> no, like, we don't want thin managers. We want dad bod managers exactly. or just corpulent ones. Yeah, that's I mean, what we want. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he is a club is like secretly six, seven or whatever, but yeah. you know, it's, he sort of doesn't look it for somehow. Um, I think it's the glasses and the haircut. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, assuming that he stays next season, uh, they're out of the champions league. They're also, there's a very good chance that they'll be playing for a champions league spot down the stretch. I mean, I think that, you know, it wouldn't take that crazy of a combination of yeah. losses from the teams above them. I mean, we, we saw Leicester collapsed late last season. Um, they're still dealing with some injury problems. Um, Chelsea are, um, have been really good recently, but we'll see if they can keep that up. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, that, that does the new manager bounce 
wear off. And so, it, you know, if that happens and down the stretch, we have Liverpool playing for a Champions League spot and playing for goal difference, um, that could be that could be massive. So I yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, Salah could come back into the picture, but you, you would need to see them play better than they, than yeah. they have so far. All right, let's come back to uh, wild card just to, yes. to keep it going with this this chip conversation. Cheeto Chip himself asks, if you're holding your wild card, do you play it now to get a head start on Chelsea defenders, etc., or wait until game week 31, or wait until even later for these uh, blanks and double game weeks pos- yeah. uh, that, that we're kind of uh, postulating on? Yeah. So we both still have our late season wild cards, Josh. Talk me through your thinking yeah. And then I'll because uh, for me, I, I want to hear what you're thinking, because f- for me, I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't know the way I'm seeing the future of my team, apart <laughs> from one big premium here, be it K- KDB or Sala is basically I can just use my one free transfer each week, I think, to chase these fixtures. I'm I'm still not seeing a huge need yeah. for uh, r- rampant changes around my squad. Yeah. I mean, okay. My thinking is, is this, I mean, I actually think in, if I were in your position, I would be more likely to wildcard early, maybe not game week 30. Cause I think your, your squad is pretty well set up for that one, but maybe in 31. I mean, I, the, the thing is, I feel like if you are trying to, well, let's go two ways to look at it, but I, I think if you, if you are, um, if you're trying to chase, you're trying to move up the ranks, the argument for wildcarding early is that, you can pick up a lot of players like like Chelsea assets, for example, who um, are are who everyone else doesn't have yet, right? You sort of get a you get a couple a week or two ahead of the of the wild carders. Um, you know, the risk there is that you maybe don't prepare for any double game weeks as well. Yeah. Uh, but I think that um, I mean, because the, the only reason to hold it, I guess, would be to I mean, I don't know. I guess you could just be objective. You could just sort of look at your team and be like, all right, like looking ahead, I see. Like given my 15, my 15 players, I see game week 32, everyone's got a bad fixture that, so maybe it is, just, it's just very dependent on what your own team looks like. Right. I mean, yeah. so yeah, tell me more about your thinking. So uh, here's what I think I need for the run in. And this is kind of, will d- determine, you know, when, when I trigger my wild card, I need yeah. to triple city, probably double West Ham. West Ham is a team that we didn't talk about when we were discussing easy run-ins, but West Ham kind of have the perfect, the perfect plot for the run-in. They're, they're in contention for a European place. They're mm-hmm. in excellent form yeah. and they have consistent, consistently returning FPL assets yeah. who are affordable. So triple city, double West Ham, Chelsea defense and Bruno, who we all already have beyond that. I think that, and Harry Kane, Okay, so I'm kind, I'm kind of, apart from the West Ham coverage that I want, which I'll probably have over the course of the next two weeks, yep. I, I'm not sure where my priorities lie. And I think my concern is, for the wild card, is a particular team or particular player coming into form or a yep. particular player, multiple players, getting injured. Um. I'm I'm just trying to weigh the options of is trying to figure out exactly what the perfect formulation is for the run in now versus yeah. have the wild card so I can salvage my team 
when the inevitable disaster hits like four or five <laughs> weeks from now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess the only problem there is, um, you know, if you play the wild card now, is there a chance that you could set it up so that you're basically getting an extra six to eight points each week? Right. Like, is it, you know, could, could you, I don't know. I mean, it sort of depends. You don't almost have to like mock it up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right. And, then, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, obviously we don't know. It's not like it's like a, you can't actually solve this, right? Like the yeah. matches have to be played. But like, you know, if you, if you think that you could like see a scenario where you're getting like roughly six to eight more points each week, mm-hmm. then obviously you're talking about, you know, 25 or 30 additional points from playing the wild card early. If you, if you, as opposed to four weeks from now or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, viewed through that lens, you know, and, and then you said, I kind of hope that disaster doesn't strike. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like if you're going to wild card early, you want everything to look right. Like the way it looks right now. And it stays that way. Right. So it's like, they're like, I mean, you know, the, the Spurs thing I think makes it most complicated. Um, you know, I, I think you're right that, that Everton Villa is not such an important double that you have to kind of like hold your horses completely, you know, to prepare yeah. for it. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think if, outside of Spurs, it's like you, it's like you just, you don't want a big double down the line. Um, you know, you don't want, uh, any injury craziness, whatever. Um, so it, it's risky, but I mean, I, I think, you know, um, if you don't deploy it, then it, it also kind of feels like a waste to me. I think if you're, if you're, um, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it, it sort of comes out like, do you see a wild card as a get out of jail card or do you see it as a, um, as like an, a, <laughs> like an attacking tool, you know, like, like, you know, it's interesting. This podcast is sponsored by better help. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas, and BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. 
It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit betterhelp.com slash cheating. That's better H-E-L-P and join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for always cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash cheating. Hey gang, it's Brandon again. And this time I want to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host your own podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. And as part of the program, you'll receive personalized cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and e-learning courses full of tips and tricks. And on top of all that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. Here's the best part. You can get all of this for only $15 a month. And that's the same rate any other hosting site would charge just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to podcasts, then make your voice heard with Blue Wire Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But again, that website is bwhustle.com slash join. I think maybe we can move on to some differential talk because I think the way you're framing that is is great and makes total sense. But those extra six to eight points every week right now, I feel like are coming from mid-priced mids and mid-priced strikers. Yeah. And with nine weeks to go, I don't think I want to bank on just one set of mid-priced mids and strikers. Yeah. I think I want to be shifting around each week as best yeah. I can based on form and fixtures. So the wild card would be saved maybe for that one particular week where yeah. I want to shift to two or three different yeah. differential assets that yeah. I want, as opposed to an upcoming week where listen, I feel like I only need one of those differentials to make up those six to eight points. Yeah. And I, I, I do think about the kind of run that you had from game week, whatever it is, you know, game week nine to game week 25 or whatever. Right. Where it was like, you just had like, you know, 15, you know, green arrows out of 16 or whatever. And, and you were really playing very sensibly, you know, and I, I think in general, a good strategy is to play like you're in first place, you know, like play like you're just sort of, um, you're doing great and you're just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're just making simple, like sensible moves the entire time. Like that is typically the, the, the way to just score the most points, you know, I mean, there's a yeah. kind of way to, like a kind of game to like a game. I don't want to say game theory. Like I know exactly what game theory is, but like sort of a, <laughs> like an approach where you're basically like, I am going to take some risks and, and basically hope, you know, that, mm -hmm. that the sensible strategy blows up. And if it does, yeah. then I'm going to do great. If it doesn't, then I'm just going to stay where I was, but which is fine. Cause that's where I, you know, 
like I don't mind being there anyway. But, um, yeah. you know, I mean, as somebody who has, you know, a lot of good finishes and I also have this 650K finish from seven seasons ago or whatever that like drags down my entire like I hate it. Like it's like, <laughs> it's like this like horrible eyesore. Yeah. Like it's easy to talk about just blowing up your season and having one like millionth rank spot on there, but it doesn't actually feel good you know <laughs> so it is something to think about you can't scrub your record i mean uh, right, it's like right. short of like uh, taking a nail file and removing your fingerprints from yeah. uh, you know all all 10 digits <laughs> and just going fully off the grid and yep. getting a new account exactly yeah in my head that's a 65k finish i have removed one of the zeros uh, at the end there so yeah i think you actually get into two questions here uh and i'm gonna group them together because i think they 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 belong together. Uh, FPL Jamo says, uh, who are some good differentials for the run-in? And our friend Joe Lepper says, there are lots of five to seven million options in midfield. You know, Jamo's our friend too. They're both our friends. There are lots of are. five to seven million options in midfield and attack. Could a sensible strategy be to switch them mid-run-in based on the fixtures? Uh, E.g. Neto for a few weeks, then switch to Rafinha. And Iacho for a few weeks, then switch to Bamford. So sort of what exactly what you're talking about, Brandon, yeah. which is advocating for a, a really aggressive strategy. And I think with nine weeks left, I think you do have to start thinking this way, right? You don't have to worry about investment anymore, right? Like maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. Jota is a great nine week investment, but maybe you don't even want to think that way at all, right? You just want to think about the exact game week in front of you more. 100%. But you know what Joe says here, he brings up Neto. And this is what concerns me is is um, casting about for differentials and uh, high upside mids, and you actually just then end up with a Wolves player. And- <laughs> He's so good, but his team, he can't, like, he just, like, he needs at least one more decent attacking player. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. I think what's on offer in this price range is there are many, and they are great. Grealish coming back healthy, Jesse Lingard in incredible form, mm-hmm. uh, and uh Gundogan still scoring yep. for Germany yep. over the international break, and uh, who else am I am I thinking of? Yeah, uh, Rafinha. Rafinha. Yeah, yeah, right. You mentioned Rafinha, so I think that there are a lot of options there where you don't have to go insanely far afield. It's just sort of like shifting your stride based on that precise form and fixture, and maybe you're only considering a pool of five yeah. to six players and not yeah. ten to fifteen. I've never been great at the, I know this isn't like a full on like hokey. Listen, we say hokey pokey here in the U S brand. I know they say <laughs> hokey cokey in the, it was one of the weirdest things like how we, that why we say P and they say K with the, well, anyway, but like the Unclear. full on, yeah. but we're going to go with hokey pokey on this pod, Brandon. Um, so that just means, you know, bring one player in, take them out, bring one other player in, et cetera. Shake it all about, I guess that would be, yeah, that, that's what how, that's, yeah. that's what it's all yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, but I, I have never been good at it because I don't trust myself to be clinical enough about removing players. Uh, if a player does well, I sort of, it just makes it harder for me to let him go. I mean, I think what that with Jesse Lingard right now, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I mean, not that I like, I feel an urgent need to drop him, but I, I don't necessarily see him as a nine week keeper. Right. But he is, I've had him for one week and he got me 12 points. He looked great, you know? And so it's like, so it's hard for me to, if I brought in a Neto and he scored, it would take me like two weeks to finally acknowledge yeah. that I needed to go somewhere else before I finally did. You know, it's like, so for me, I, I think it's a good strategy, but it just depends on your psychology, you know, like, yeah. uh, it's funny. I've been Krellen who, you know, credit to him for really helping to organize kind of everyone's thoughts about, about the run in here, but he's, 
I find him to be a manager is really good at that stuff where he can just be like, all right, Bamford's out. You know, I, yeah. I'm just, it's not like I, I have the strategy and I'll bring it back later. And I don't care about the value I've got on him. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. And for me, I'm like, well, Bamford's been so good. You know, like, <laughs> how could you do this? And of course, like if a player is doing well, you shouldn't just, you know, be itching to drop him. But if you're going to adopt this approach, you have to accept that what you're doing is you're kind of chasing fixtures and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to pull off. Well, I think though, as far as the hokey pokey is concerned, I want to talk about one specific team and that is Chelsea who okay. will be much talked about through the next, uh, the last nine game weeks. Yeah. And what's Weirdly interesting talked about, right? Like yeah. as well as they play, like we barely talked about them in this pod for like eight weeks. And I think that's largely because we don't really know what to make of their attack. And that's the sexiest part of playing fantasy. Their right. defense, it's kind of like, okay, that's that's a wrap. Get a yeah. Chelsea defender. Eventually we'll get Rudiger. <laughs> right. And yeah. Chelsea's next five fixtures look fantastic. You've got West Brom at Stamford Bridge, followed by Palace, Brighton, West yeah. Ham, and Fulham in game week. 34 and that's when things kind of shift a little bit for Chelsea when they their final four matches are City Arsenal Leicester and Aston Villa so what's your what's your approach going to be with Chelsea because I think a lot of people who are thinking about wild carding or strategizing for the run-in it is largely revolving around this team and yeah the defense is is that who if if I want to be aggressive and just jump on early with a Chelsea attacker, yeah, I I just I fe- I remain unconvinced that Timo Werner is the way to go. And like we were we were talking about Lacazette <laughs> at the start of this discussion, how could I possibly make the case to go for Werner over Lacazette? Maybe like uh, and on a grander discussion, you right. would say, well, Werner's just the better player. Totally, yeah. We're not talking about talent here, though, right? It's, it's <laughs> no. about fit and position, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, like you talk about, you know, what what Chelsea midfielder to get. I'm just like, just get Jesse Lingard, right? He's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe he like, yeah, Ziyech is 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 in, in three years or whatever. Ziyech will, will probably be the Kevin De Bruyne ish player that we think he could be. But at the moment, Jesse Lingard is playing a lot better, you know, yeah. and he's a lot cheaper too. And and you just, I mean, like again, I, I think this is just a. The question is, do you understand? their attack like do you understand like you know the reason that that Kane and Son have been 50% owned for like the entire season right is because you understand that they are the attack for Spurs and with 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 Chelsea you're like maybe I try Mason Mount maybe I try ZH maybe I try Werner like you don't even know who who you'd want and I think that that's what makes it so complicated right right so for them I think your priority going into game week 30 and if you can wait that long, 31, is to get any kind of Chelsea defensive coverage. And maybe that is Mendy. I have Mendy in goal, and that's yeah. going to be my piece of that pie. Yeah. Uh, because I think time it's a ticking clock for yeah. Chelsea assets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one Mendy. I don't think two Mendys. That seems like it's too, too many. many too right? many Mendys. Yeah. 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 Just one. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I I would like to have Rudiger. Um, I because he's so cheap, you know, yeah. uh, but I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean like, I'm sort of like, I think I'm just going to have to go without them for a while. I, I just don't know how to, you know, it's like, you just can't have everybody. And yeah. it's sort of, um, and the thing about their defenders is, you know, it'd be great if Chilwell were starting really regularly, you know, but he, but he's not. And so 
I mean, he, I mean, I didn't he score uh, for them in the FA cup. I believe he did. Uh, maybe it was an own goal. Uh, regardless. Um, you know, he's been a, like, a, I mean, he's, he's who can of, keep track of Chilwell, Josh. He just, right. he's just, life is coming at him very fast. <laughs> yeah. He started uh, four of the last seven matches in the premier league. So, you know, it's certainly not a given, you know, that, that you bring him in. And so if you bring in Rudiger, it's like, it's fine, but like you don't expect a ton of attacking returns from him. Right. So um, so it always feels like one of those things, well, I, you know, it's like, it's just not going to hurt you that much if you yeah. don't have a Chelsea defender, you know, if it was someone who was like, I mean, again, like Chilwell, like at the start of the season, Chilwell was, they were keeping clean sheets and he was hugely attacking. So that was, it was like terrifying to watch these Chelsea matches because <laughs> you're like, this guy could get 19 points this week yeah. and I don't have him in my squad. Right. And then let's see, Marcus Alonso. I'm just like, how, how much rotation has Marcus Alonso gotten? I'm looking at his record now. He's only started one of the last four matches. So after, after a hot start under (laughs) Tuchel, that's a no go zone. So yeah, I think you're either going with the most boring fantasy pick of all time, which is Cesar Aspilicueta, um, who is probably overpriced at 5.8 at this point in the season. For Chelsea, yeah, it's either Mendy in goal or Rudiger at four point six. Yeah. I think Aspel kind of did get a rest somewhere, right? Didn't he get a rest in the was it the Champions League See, or something? It, it may be. He's played a full ninety in the Premier League every match since game week yeah. twenty. But yeah. if he is if he does have that rest in the yeah. Champions League, then I'd 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 feel decent about yeah. having him. Honestly, I mean, talk about differentials. Maybe he, I mean, yeah, he's 5.8 isn't crazy given how good a player he is. And, uh, you know, you maybe expect a few more attacking returns than he's accrued so far. And he's only 6.5% owned. And I, I, I think that's probably inflated uh, by, by Chelsea supporters uh, lower down the ranks. I do not think he's 6.5 under higher in the top 100K. So I think that there's probably a, an edge there um, to, to go for Mr. Osprey. Yeah. I mean, just, just point one more in your Aaron Cresswell who has right. 10 assists yeah. on the season. Yeah, so it's crazy. Yeah. I don't you know, know it's, 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 it's funny. Chelsea yeah. are going to be the, the fantasy darlings for the next nine weeks. And we're kind of coming up short here with them yeah i think we're i think we're both in like holds i mean they play west brom at home clearly that's a great fixture yeah. but i still don't feel like i need to even build my gaming 30 transfer strategy around them maybe i should but i, I just don't even know who i really desperately want all right um so let's see where we are here brendan I, I think we've we've around in a roundabout way we've answered one two three four five six questions okay here we got a couple more here all right okay rishi says which premiums Outside of Bruno and Kane are essential. And I, I think we, we, we agree that Bruno and Kane are essential. Yes. Now, I, I was kind of making the point that Bruno has plateaued a bit. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. And you also have to conservatively yeah. take into account that Bruno is more than 56% owned throughout the game. So yeah. if Bruno even gets a three-point three-pointer, like yeah. a blank and a clean sheet, that's going to hurt you. It's bad. Yeah, and and had two double digit returns in his last five matches in the Premier League. I mean, he's been just consistently awesome all year. I mean, he's kind of at least I feel like he's in that solid spot now, yeah, where he's sort right. of like just you know to me, I I still see him as a, as a season keeper, and I I don't even really care about his fixtures that much. I mean, they're they're okay, but um, I just don't want to not go with him. And with all these other cheaper players, there's no reason to like, other than the fact that he's taking one of five spots, uh, I, I don't see any reason to, to drop him. Right. Um, so you don't need the money really. Right. Uh, um, and, and Kane just, you know, uh, clearly, I mean the one, you know, the one premium who's really consistently 
delivering. Um, you know, even, even though he is, no one is in that kind of solo mode from a couple of years ago where they're just like, you know, just completely dominant. That's what's made this uh, season particularly difficult is it's just been a moving target for yeah. much of the season. It's a lot of, a lot of switching your, your captain around and trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, to finish Rishi's question says, which premium is outside of Bruno Kaner essentially says Sala, Werner, Abba, uh, Vardy, KDB, uh-huh. Raheem Sterling, none, all. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I like the all at the end there. Let's have them all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's probably gonna be one of those. Most likely, we're talking about Salah or Kevin De Bruyne, and maybe yeah. that's maybe that's that's just you know very a very predictable answer to that. But I think that's going to be the the trick for having the best final nine game weeks as possible is how are you going to work your team with keeping Kane and Bruno? Who? How are you going to? figure out who the best fit is. And I think there are three names, Sun, Sala, and KDB. So, and, and yeah, I, I, I think I'd right. probably feel best with Kevin De Bruyne right now with Sala as a wait and see. I feel yeah. like I have great Spurs attacking coverage with just Kane, considering how Sun has been relatively muted over the last month yeah. to six weeks. And he's coming off of an injury uh, you know, he still does have relatively higher ownership just to go by back to that theory He's close, close to 46% yeah. owned, but you know, that's, that's your opportunity to, you know, flip that narrative and get a leg up on all those people who are still waiting for son to do yeah. something. You shift him over to De Bruyne and suddenly you're moving higher up the ranks. I was curious if son had, had played it all, um, over the last, like if he, you know, like, okay, this is maybe like a dumb question, but did teams like Spurs still train with the players that are not at international breaks during the national breaks? I'm is quite like, certain like they do. Yeah. I think you never see like training ground photos though, you know, like during that like week, uh, like the weekly up to yeah. the international weekend. I don't know if they do team training. They, they probably do just conditioning and drilling like, okay, son, a particular facet of your game that we want to. Yeah. either sharpen or make sure continues yeah. to stay sharp. Yeah. That sort of it, thing. seems like that's all they ever do when they show training ground photos too. It's always, I feel like it's it, training ground photos make being a professional football player seems so boring to me. Yeah. It's like, it feels like You're all just, they're doing is just running into like putting their feet in like squares and stuff like just that. goofing around and kicking <laughs> each other in the butt and yeah. uh, juggling the ball, you know. yeah. kicking it back and forth. It doesn't sound bad. Exactly. It just seems like a little like, robotic you know i mean it took us is like what you're supposed to be doing right it's like building up fitness and getting yeah. consistent in your movements. after 25 years how can you not get a little jaded no that's true well where so where are you with the premium discussion is there yeah, who's I, who's the I, one I player you, that you're freaking out about i think you none i mean honestly none not even not even kdb i mean i think you i think you ran through the options and I'd agree with them. I mean, yeah, Werner, like, come on, you know, like, but get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even KDB, I feel like is a player that I will probably have. I'll probably have him for, you know, 31 at least. Right. Because, um, you know, they play leads at home and you just, you want to be covered for that one. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I, but that, I just feel like, you know, he's, he's not going to, there's nine weeks left. Right. He's certainly not going to start all of them. If champ, if Man City are really playing for the champions league, and if they lock up, um, the title and like game week 35 or something, then like, 
it's a tricky spot to be. I mean, we were, this is like a, this is a, you know, it's a perennial issue, of course. You know, this is like every year, you know, it feels like it's been a long time since, like, when was the last time that the Premier League was actually settled on the final weekend? It feels like it's been. I mean, like not since the Aguero season. Is that right? I mean, that's crazy though, right? Yeah. Like in 10 years, they haven't decided it, and, you know, and anyway, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's really, uh, I, I, you know, I think that you can maybe that, that you know, it's funny because I'm actually thinking about bringing in Sun. I mean, Sun, actually, Sun is the one that I don't have right now that I am the most okay. worried about yeah. because um, he, his ownership is still crazy high. Uh, it's even pretty high in the top, you know, in the top uh, 10K, um, top 100K. So I think, um, you know, if he does really well, that's, that's, that's going to really impact, um, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping uh, you know, I've, I've been like kind of like knocking on the door of, of 10 K for a few weeks now. And so I, I actually think I may bring in son, uh, before game week, uh, 30, uh, because they play away to Newcastle. And if he hasn't played over the internationals and he's been, he's fully rested and they show him in the training ground this week, he's certainly going to start. And then, you know, even if I only see it as a one week punt and I move from son to uh, KDB the following week, yeah. um, I still, uh, you know, I feel like I'm very much in like, I mean, it's like I was talking about earlier. It's like, like manage, like you're like, you're in first place, you know? And it's like, for me, that's like, that just seems like the most sensible move, which is mm-hmm. to like block the player who could do the most damage this week. You still have son on your team, right? I do. <laughs> I do. I have son and bail. So yeah. yeah, if there, if there's a problem to be solved, bail, bail only got 10 minutes for Wales in their last match too. They got throttled by Belgium three, one. Yeah. Bale Did you see that quote from Bale where he was like, yeah, I don't know why I'm not getting played more or whatever. He was guy's like. such a joke. What a complete ass. Okay. Listen, congratulations on winning your, all those champions leagues yeah. and for being the man at Spurs, you know, yeah. you know, in ye olden times, but mm. you know, just, Go away. Get out of my face. It was like, yeah, maybe you played better. Like it was just like a, the lack of self-awareness. It was like a troll. It felt like he was trolling. But OK, so you have I mean, this is an interesting question. This isn't is tied in with our nine questions. But I mean, what are you going to do with Bale going into game week 30? Bale is Jesse Lingard going into okay. game week 30. That makes sense. That yep. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, if you had Bale, you wouldn't even be happy about starting him. Right. Like, you, I mean, yeah. Could he could he score two goals? Of course. But does he also play 18 minutes? Seems most likely, doesn't it? It's so hilarious. You've you can tell just looking at my bus team for game week thirty that I've already made up my mind about Bale. I haven't made the yeah. transfer yet, but Bale yeah. is the is the deepest on my bench right yeah. now. Yeah. It's kind of insane. Like I've got Gundawan first on my bench right Do now. My, my yeah. bench is stacked. I have Gundawan, yeah. Lucas Dean, and Gareth Bale. Yeah. I mean my bench is gonna be crazy this week too. I think I'm gonna have I might go with a four five one this week, which I'm not sure if I've I've ever done that, but you know, because everyone's so cheap right now, I have, um, I can turn Lookman into sun. I have like 9 million on my bench Uh so I can move Lookman to sun. And then I like all of my midfielders. And the question is, would you, okay, here's a question for you. Sure. Uh, just cause we're so far afield now from our, our uh, nine questions. <laughs> we're just we, vibing we, here. Man. Yeah. We have one more to go, one more to end on in a minute here, but um, okay. Watkins at home to Fulham, Antonio away to wolves or Cresswell away to wolves of those three, which would you most want to start? Cresswell. That's why I have right now too. Yeah. I have Cresswell at wolves and I have, and I, and, I, and once I move Lookman to sun, 
then my midfield is Gundawan, Rafinha, Lingard, Fernandez, Son. And I would rather have Gundawan than Watkins. I mean, I think that's the choice you yeah, have to make is yeah. Watkins versus Gundawan. And yeah. I think that's Watkins would be the one blocking Gundawan for me yeah. at the moment. Yeah. I just, Gundawan so has played two, two straight 90 minute matches for Germany over the break. Is that right? Yeah. That's annoying. Um, <laughs> it is annoying. It is very annoying. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, and the problem is they, they have a Champions League match, I believe, like three days after. Um, is that right? Let me let me let me confirm that as we're talking. OK, about as you're as you're confirming, yeah. I'll just sort of like, well, first of all, I will mention uh, I don't care how many minutes Gundogan or anybody played for Germany. The most valuable player for Germany over this break is their brand new Adidas blackout kit. <laughs> which is all black except for the uh, the uh, red and yellow or orange and yellow. I'm not like a flag expert on on the edge of the sleeve. It is one of the sickest kits I have ever seen. So congratulations to Germany for achieving yeah. that goal. I'm sad I didn't see that kit. Yeah. So um, I can I can now confirm it, it will it can now be confirmed that. Man City play on Saturday. They play uh, away to Leicester. A pretty tricky match, so you'd expect a pretty strong team. And then they play three days later at home to BVB, our, our, my beloved, not beloved, but my my well-liked uh, Borussia Dortmund. I, I do enjoy them. Yeah, it's I like can't it, they're, I'm obsessive, but they're I, the new American sort of breeding pool in Europe, which yeah, I like. Gio yeah. Reina. Score today? Yeah. Yeah. Man, the U.S. coming out of the uh, couple of friendlies, uh, mm-hmm. just two uh, one over Northern Ireland, and and even even Michael Hector couldn't save poor Jamaica from the Americans <laughs> earlier in the break. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was uh, I, that was very impressive. And then, of course, the U.S. under twenty three lost today, uh, and so that uh, one, once again we will not have an Olympic uh, representation. So <laughs> you know, wonderful. Um, all right. So final question of these nine questions uh, comes from FPL Chancer. Long time. A lot of friends on this popper. And I try not to bias the question towards people we <laughs> know. And, you know, I try to get some new blood in there. I mean, this is a yeah. Thank you to um, Chato Chip. OK, Brandon, there, I never had a question from Chato Chip until now. FPL Chancer uh, though says, do early failures warrant clean slates? I was mm-hmm. burned by backing Chelsea this season under Frank, but the vibe under Tuchel seems so different and they feel necessary now. Likewise, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, and Wolves have let me down, but I'm seriously considering them for a second wild card in game week 31. So I feel like you're a good person to answer about this because you, I think you carry grudges. And I think sometimes you you are a grudge holder and, <laughs> and it can affect your, uh, your transfer strategy a little uh-huh. bit. Yeah. Much like the Japanese horror film, <laughs> The Grudge, or exactly. uh, one of no one's favorite Tool song, The Grudge, for all those Tool <laughs> fans out yeah, there. I don't even know that one. Uh, but yeah, Wolves, I bear quite a grudge against for what they did to my Game Week Three wild card this season. Mm-hmm. And I think if you just want to say you backed Chelsea earlier under Frank. Do they get a clean slate? Well, they obviously get a clean slate because Frank sure. Lampard didn't know what he was doing, and they've actually brought in a manager who is completely different. You know, yeah. you can have your own opinion about Thomas Tuchel, but the fact is he's different. The team is clearly different. Yeah. Wolves still have Nuno Espirito Santo, super NES. Yep. Love him or hate him, it's still the same Wolves, and I see no reason why they get a clean slate. They've done nothing except try to make – um, uh, Adama Traore, the Lionel Messi of Wolverhampton <laughs> in the last four weeks, and it's yeah. not working. So 
Clean slate for Chelsea, totally justifiable. Clean slate for Wolves, even though Wolves have one of the best run-ins, totally unjustifiable. Which brings us to Trent Alexander-Arnold and that, where we started this episode, what to yeah. do with Liverpool. Yeah. And I think... Uh, for about way to end things. Trent, I mean, Trent didn't even get a call up for England and Gareth Southgate basically called him out being like, he's not playing well. You know, yeah. I, I think he's part of the future of this country's national team, but he's, he's not it. Yeah. And I think he, he, uh, along with the rest of the Liverpool defense just remains a write-off for the yeah. season. And I, that is, that is definite, a definite grudge because God, as I'm saying that I'm, I'm, Flipping back to these fixtures yeah. that Liverpool have for the run: Arsenal, Villa, Leeds, Newcastle, Manchester United, Southampton, yeah. West Brom, Burnley, Crystal Palace. That could be four straight clean sheets. That could be four straight twelve pointers for Trent or Andy <laughs> Robertson. Sure. I mean, you know, I've had Trent uh, for a long stretch of the season. I mean, he really is okay. I mean. Can it all be Virgil van Dyke? I mean, I know it's like they have all these injuries, but it's like, I feel like it's like, it always becomes this circular thing where it's like, well, they don't have the center backs and that means Trent has to stay further back and that, you know, and, and it, it just like, it, you know, doesn't give him the freedom to bomb forward. But I feel like he's had a lot of freedom, uh, you know, especially in the second half of the season. And I, I don't think he's making the most of it. And I, you know, I think one, one area is that they're, they're not winning as many free kicks outside the box. I also am like convinced that, that Sadio Mane and Mo Salah now hate each other so much that it may actually not work anymore. Like yeah. you may have to move one of them to Barcelona or something. Cause they just like, it, it's so painful now. Like, I mean, I, I know, but being like an armchair psychologist watching these matches, but sure. it just feels like they are not even acknowledging each other. Right. Like, and I've, if you heard this thing, like Mane won't go down to the box anymore because he doesn't want Salah to, to, you know, to, to, basically take the penalty um and so it's like you sh- i've never heard i've not heard there's been that. like a couple moments <laughs> somebody was like his couple was when he, money has been like hacked in the box and he just like stayed up because he didn't want <laughs> to go down he's like william wallace just like freedom <laughs> you can hack me you can try to hack me yeah. down but i'm not going down i mean this is like libelous uh towards for study of money but but i'm just saying like i, I don't know uh who knows if it's true? It probably isn't true, but it, you know, Trent, Mane, uh, Sala to a degree. Um, they're just, it's like, it sounds like so dumb, but like, it's like their aim is off. It's like, they're yeah. just like not as sharp, sure. you know? And it's just like, it's crazy how long this lack of sharpness has persisted. And it, it surely must just be all of these. I mean, you see this like a little bit of like, like Real Madrid, Barcelona this season, right? Where they're not mm-hmm. running away with, La Liga and you know maybe it's just like all of these deep runs in the uh you know in the Champions League and then playing this summer and just like playing big matches for so many years and then no real summer off it just maybe they're just not sharp you know and I don't know I think with the Euros coming up followed by this weird Qatar World Cup I think it's time that we just write off an entire generation of footballers (laughs) because they're gonna be that we're gonna have yeah. to throw them all on the scrap yeah. heap after yeah. that remember, World Cup is done. Alexis Sanchez was like that. Remember, Alexis Sanchez used to play yeah. like a hundred games a year. He'd play like somehow he'd like fit in like extra matches. The Chile was like somehow like Chile would play two yeah. international matches over the break, and he'd play four. And you're like, how did that even happen? You know? Yeah. And he just and there was like, wow, I guess he can just do it. And then it was like, oh nope, like wheels came off. Like Alexis Sanchez, uh, and then he had like I, I know he's like I think he's playing a little better in, in Italy now, but I mean he was 
done, like completely washed up uh, in the in the Premier League. And I think it was yeah. from this kind of crazy schedule. So it, it is a worry, worrisome thing. Team most likely to get a clean slate, I think, is Chelsea for the run in, as yeah. discussed. And, you know, yeah. I would love nothing more than for there to be a breakout Chelsea attacker yeah. in the next couple of weeks. But is there any other team, like for yeah. you, Josh, that had maybe you were just down on earlier in the season yeah. that, that's got a new lease. Well, I mean, I didn't think we'd be talking about Arsenal so much in this pod, but yeah. I, I think they're a team that I haven't really thought about at all, you know, yeah. um, this season. And I think there, I, I see a lot of low ownership players who don't cost that much who are worth considering. And um, I could see myself having Kieran Tierney at some point. I mean, yeah. you know, I think you talked about it already, but there's a nice, nice end of the season for them, you know, Newcastle, West Brom, Palace, Brighton, and four of their last five. I mean, Tierney, could be great for that run in, you know, or, or, or Lacazette for that matter. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that will depend on how far they go in the Europa league too, because um, I, I, I could see Arteta kind of being a little Tuchel ish, you know, where <laughs> Arsenal are not going to qualify for a champions league spot. Um, you know, that's a certainty in the premier league. So, you know, if they win the Europa league though, they do get in the champions league next year. So if, if they're like, you know, if they have competitive semifinal final matches, I, I think that could be the one thing that, that, impacts them from a fantasy point of view well i can't speak for anyone listening but for me personally this conversation was very helpful just to get (laughs) me focused (laughs) get me straightened out for these next nine match weeks uh so i'm 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 reinvigorated now yeah i feel reinvigorated too it feels i i I, yeah like whether i'm giving these players a fresh start i'm giving my own season yeah a fresh start i mean yeah it's funny like i mean i'm having a good season but i just I, i don't feel like my approach has been like my mental approach has been as good as i want like i'm let's let's Brandon, this has been our motto all season. We've gotten away from it, I think, a little bit. But it's time to MFFA, make fantasy fun again, the final nine weeks of the season. Everybody listening, let's do it. I got my fist up right now. I'm like, I'm ready. M-F-F-A, M-F-F-A. Say it loud. Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, that was my little cheer. All right, let's take one last break, and we'll uh, wrap up this pot. All right, Josh, that's your pod. So uh, everyone, welcome back from the international break. Let's get ready for game week 30. To all our Patreon supporters, we're going to be up on the Slack answering all of your deadline questions. We'll be uh, up on Thursday with our Patreon exclusive podcast episode. And Josh, last Friday, you uh, were up with our locker room live chat. And we'll do another locker room live this Friday ahead of the game week 30 deadline. Just a fun way for everyone to get involved on the locker room app on your iPhone. You can chat with us live. Mm -hmm. Ask us your questions um, about your fantasy team or about whatever we were talking about all, all kinds of stuff on that on that one <laughs> we had a couple of producers on there too for that matter outstanding so thanks to everyone for hitting play and listening that's really what makes this thing tick if you want to do a little bit more for me and josh you can visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating where you can become a supporter and get more fpl content in in return including our weekly leagues, our extra podcasts, and that Slack that we mentioned, Josh, as we do every week. Thank our producer-level patrons. Will do. Trevor Ingerson, great seeing you at the Black Horse on Friday. That's right, Brandon. I am back on the Black Horse beat. Yes. I am fully vaccinated. I'm two weeks in, uh, although we did sit outside. But it was a great feeling to, to be there. Uh, and I'm um, looking forward to going and watching a match there sometime soon. I'm excited uh, to see if being fully vaccinated makes people like better at FPL for any data scientists yeah, out there question. who, who want to yeah. do an experiment of 
vaccinated FPL managers versus the rest of us yeah, suffering. Maybe I know exactly. I'm, I'm feeling less miserable already. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe yeah, I know. Hopefully everyone gets it. You know, everyone who, um, everyone gets a chance to get one in the next, uh, you know, right few on. months or a couple months. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian, Chris Howell, by the way, just got his own vaccination. Andy Penn, I, I Chris Howell, I see everything. Andy Penn, Brian Savage, Martin Savage, Brian T, the big gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson. Travis West, Victor Farberg, Skogang, Paul Hartzing, Kaya, Kurt, Christine Lang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostel, Anton Markov, FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stu, Mikey Yuan, good seeing you on the locker room chat, Mikey, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadaka, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Bobby Styles, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, and Shiv and Ron Frosk. Thank you so much. That was two ends. That was like a, that was like a movie credit where you say, and star <laughs> and Bill Murray as the funny uncle or whatever. Yeah. I think Shiv is an accredited film editor as well. So we should oh, add that to, to yeah. his title. All right. Don't forget to rate <laughs> and review always cheating uh, on Apple podcast, Spotify, Google play Stitcher. I don't think you can actually rate or review us on any other platform apart from Apple podcast. So if Maybe you have Spotify. Apple, Maybe. Yeah, listen, if you can't, just take a quick look right now. If you could do five <laughs> stars, do five stars. Yeah. Follow us all over social media, wherever you get social media. And uh, for all this information and more, head to our website, alwayscheating.com. Anything else we need to talk about before we get out of here, Josh? I think that's it. No, thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.